Good afternoon. I'm managing editor Justin Mitchell, and this is the 21 News Podcast. He's the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, a former and possibly future presidential candidate, and the secretary of transportation in the Biden administration. Here with us today to talk about how federal money coming to states and cities may affect you directly, we've got Pete Buttigieg with us today. Secretary, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Nice to be with you. Absolutely. So so you're here to talk about the American Jobs Plan, which is the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure plan being proposed by the president. So let's start by talking about how that money would be allocated and what it might be used for in places like the Mahoning Valley. So we're talking about the biggest investment in American jobs since World War II. And it's not just about getting us through uh, this quarter or this year. This is about making, making sure America is competitive and wins the future in the years and the decades to come. America has a great tradition of major infrastructure choices, the transcontinental railroad during the years of Lincoln, the interstate highway system, which uh, transformed, especially in places like the industrial Midwest, uh, the economy under Eisenhower in the 1950s. And now it's time. It's one of those moments that calls for major investment. We're talking about improving roads and bridges, airports and ports, trains and transit, and some things that are new in the infrastructure picture, like broadband internet. They weren't thinking about that in the Eisenhower days, but today, an internet connection is just as important as a connection to the interstate highway system. And when I think about areas like the Honing Valley, uh, places like the Midwest, where, where I come from too, there is such an opportunity here in order to create the kinds of jobs that we need for the future, a majority of which, by the way, are available whether you got a college degree or not, and uh, which need to be those good paying union jobs of the future that are going to be needed literally to build what America needs to thrive in the years ahead. Now, now, and you sort of alluded to this, there, there is a lot of debate right now over what qualifies as quote unquote infrastructure. If this passes, cities and states are going to need some pretty specific guidance on what they can and what they can't use the money for. Are you able to get specific on what any of the restrictions might be on how the money can or can't be spent? So the president's proposal has a set of specific categories for how the dollars would be used. For example, $80 billion to enhance uh, transit and, and uh, trains, uh, sorry, our, our train uh, infrastructure overall, as well as an increase in transit resources, which is useful in smaller cities as well as bigger ones. Uh, over $100 billion uh, for dealing with our roads and bridges. You know, the, the engineers do these report cards now every year. We're getting a lot of C's and D's as a country in terms of the number of bridges and roads that are structurally deficient. Uh, some of these projects simply wouldn't be possible without federal support. Uh, the same is true across the, the different areas of infrastructure in the economy uh, where we're looking. Now, we want to partner with states and communities. One of the best things we do here at the Department of Transportation is connect with mayors and uh, provide resources through grant programs uh, for what they seek to do. Uh, the bottom line is we need to be doing things that improve our future, that make sense for the climate, that are equitable and fair, uh, and that are going to create millions of good-paying union jobs. Now, one thing that we've run into um, a little bit with the last package, the American Rescue Plan, which was obviously the uh, major package, and in Youngstown alone, there's $88 million coming, another $44 million across Mahoning County. But city leaders are still telling us they can't get into a lot of detail about what the plans for that money will be because they've yet to receive guidance from the federal government. So I'm going to ask you, can you help us out here? What are the do's and don'ts for that money? And I mean, specifically, can that be used to pave roads, expand internet access? And then what about hiring people or bringing back those who've been laid off or salaries or even raises? 
Yeah, so it's uh, obviously going to depend a little bit on the conditions on the ground. Uh, the Treasury Department publishes guidance, and of course, in our grant programs, uh, for uh, anything additional coming through the department, we'll be pushing out the relevant guidance too. Uh, what I'll say is, is that uh, the the rescue plan was about pulling us back from the brink, making sure that we could avoid the layoffs that we were, that we were facing. You look at a lot of transit agencies that were going to have to cut routes, and this is enabling them uh, to be able to walk back those route reductions or cancel those furloughs that they were warning workers about. That's how the rescue plan works. The jobs plan is a little bit different, right? It's not about just getting through the moment. It's not about immediate stimulus. It's about setting us up to win the future in a competition where uh, you got countries like China making major generational investments. And we got to decide whether we're going to keep up or whether we're going to fall behind. Now, Republicans are arguing that this plan is too broad and that it might go too far into the future. And they have argued that a bipartisan deal is much more likely or possible if it were scaled back to just real nuts and bolts, roads and bridges. So could this bill be seen as an overreach that could potentially not pass as a result of how ambitious it is? Well, the first thing I want to point out is that this bill has enormous support from the American people. Uh, you ask Republicans, Democrats, and independents what they think of this bill around the country, and it's one of the most popular legislative initiatives I have ever seen. Now, it turns out that just because something has bipartisan support around the country doesn't always mean the same thing is true here in Washington. And so we are working with Republican and Democratic lawmakers on how to make sure we get the best possible bill that can get the most uh, possible support. The president really cares about a bipartisan approach. And that's why uh, I've been right there as, as he's held meetings in the Oval Office with uh, Republicans and Democrats. So we're, we're open to their ideas. Uh, that's, uh, I think, what we're going to see in particular through this month of May is a lot of discussions about what they've put forward and, and where we have some overlap. But what's not an option is to sit back or sit still and do nothing. And I would argue that having something, even though I'm the, the roads and bridges guy, right, I'm, I'm transportation, uh, you know, making sure that we take lead out of the pipes in the water that are children is drinking, that makes the bill better, not worse, even if it's different from traditional transportation infrastructure. Making sure we have broadband internet access in this bill, uh, I think that makes it much better, not worse, uh, because we know how that's holding people back from economic opportunity. Uh, making sure people are not hesitating to enter the workforce because they can't afford to take care of a relative, taking care of the care economy and care infrastructure. Uh, we can agree to disagree on what to call it, uh, but most Americans understand that that is an important, good public policy that's going to make our lives better when we can afford that kind of care. Well, thank you very much for being with us, Secretary. Hey, thanks for having me on. Good seeing you. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you.